Oh, I'm on. Okay. We got a lot of people hunting today. I hope I get some venison, huh? We have enough. Let's stand up. Um, one thing before we, we do our confession, I was informed that, that Amy Coder was uh, on her way to the hospital. And, uh, of course, Nate's out hunting. And they think it's a twisted intestine. And they might have to take her to Omaha for surgery. So I want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you sent your word to heal Amy and deliver her. I speak to her body. I speak to those intestines. I command them to function as God ordained them to. I thank you, Lord, whatever's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Infirmity is bound in Jesus' name and healing is loosed. Thank you, Father, for doctors, nurses, and surgical procedures. But we're believing you for a miracle in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen, Amen. Amen. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips.
resulted in a what?
ground that the enemy had. You still do miracles. You will do what you said. For you're the same God now as you've always been.
Hallelujah. Father, this morning, we worship your Son. Lord Jesus, we thank you. The battle has already been won. And the victory is ours and we claim it this day. Because, Father, we're going to follow the truth, the life, and the way. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in this house today. And Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Spirit of grace, we thank you for filling this place with the Father's glory. We thank you, Lord. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour. And we'll be doers of the word and not hearers only. And all God's people shouted, Amen! Hallelujah! Glory, glory, glory! Thank you, Lord Jesus. though first and I'm, I try to get through them quick number one several years ago we gave these out to the people and the people that printed it made a mistake so they gave us like 500 extra and I was cleaning this week and I found a whole box so take whatever you want there in the back please take them the new devotionals are in they cost us about three so if you would like to kick in for that, just put it in the envelope when we receive the offering is fine. Thank you. They are a great thing to hand out. We give several to other people, and, and they have the prayer of salvation in the back. So those are a good thing to share with people. This Tuesday at the Norfolk Country Club is Dr. Merritt speaking for with Patriots United. She is an authority on the subject of what she's going to be talking about. Um, it starts at 5.30, but at 5.30, it's just a meet and greet. She will start at about 6.30. So if you've signed up, make sure you're there on time with your phones turned off. And <laughs> remind me, would you? <laughs> And so make sure you're there on time. If you haven't signed up and would like to come, I think they still have some seats available. Just let me know at the end of the service. Just remember, when we go to things like this, you represent Harvest Church and you represent Jesus. This Wednesday is prayer. And then next Sunday will be our Thanksgiving service and we will have communion. That's next Sunday. December 5th, this is important will not be Donut Day. We're done with Donut Day for the rest of the year, but it will be Pastor Doug Daniels from Lord of Hosts Church in Omaha, and he will be ministering here just the Sunday morning service. So please come, if at all possible, for that. On December 12th will be the kids' Christmas party during the church service, so make sure you have them here. And then December 19th will be our Christmas service. We had talked about Christmas Eve, but there's going to be a lot of the leadership gone. So Sunday morning, December 19th, 
will be our Christmas service. So those are the announcements very quick. We've been talking, if you've opened to 1 Corinthians, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And if you understand the book of Corinthians, the Corinthians, this church, they were before they were born again, they were heathen, they were Gentiles, they were pagans. And they got born again and they were zealous for the things of God, but they were a little... They were just messed up. They worshiped God like pagans instead of the way God wanted them. And so Paul comes in and he starts teaching them these things. And that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, which is in the first part of 1 Corinthians 12. We've been over that. Then beginning in verse 12 of chapter 12, it talks about unity and diversity in one body. And if you read through that, you can read through that on your own sometimes. It talks about how we are the body of Christ, and we have to work together. We shouldn't, everybody just out doing their own thing. Just like body parts, everyone needs to function for what they're called to do and all work together for the unity of the body. Then he goes on and he talks about order in church services. And in chapter 14... I'm just going to hit a couple of them. Chapter 14, verse 12. He gives a lot of specifics through here, but we're just going to hit the generalities because if you get the generalities, then you should get the specifics. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, it says, Even so, you, since you are zealous, the Corinthians were zealous, For spiritual gifts, let it be for the building up or the edification of the church that you seek to excel, which fits right in with unity in the body. Everything we do when we come into services or in our life should be to build up the body of Christ and to minister the gospel to the people that are not yet in the body of Christ. So it should be for edification, for building up. In other words, unity builds up and division distracts. We want to eliminate distraction and division. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, read two scriptures, 33 and 40. 33. This is good. This helps us to understand. We want to do things the way God, we've got to understand God. And it says, for God is not the author of confusion or disorder, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So if we want to be like God, we don't want to promote confusion or disorder. We want to promote order. And then verse 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. So in everything we do, whether it's the meeting with Dr. Merritt on Tuesday night, whether it's in our services here, whatever it is, we want to do things decently in order. Now go back to chapter 13. So he talks about the gifts of the Spirit in 12. Then he goes to 14 and talks about order in the services. And then right stuck in the middle is the chapter that every Christian quotes on love. And they, I don't think they take the time to read chapter 12 and chapter 14 for whatever reason. But let's read it. It's right here in the middle, starting with verse 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. In other words, it's not arrogant. 
It isn't a show-off. It doesn't do things to draw attention to self. Everything should be for the building up of the body to promote Jesus and not ourselves. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. And everybody quotes this, but I don't think they look at chapter or verse 5 very well. It says, love does not behave rudely. If you understand, if you a better uh, definition of that is they operate with ethics and with manners. And as a culture, as a society, we've become very unethical and unmannerly. And in a lot of respects, the church, the body of Christ, has become very unmannerly and rude. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be blatant. We are baby boomers. We're at the bottom of the baby boomers. I find a lot of baby boomer generation to be very rude. And I think it isn't because they're bad or they want to be. I think it's they're not aware. They just get in so much. At some point in your life, you just get so much in your routine, you aren't aware of the other people around you. And it shouldn't be difficult. In our services, be mannerly. You know, a couple weeks, several weeks ago, you all know I like the Braves. The week before the World Series was the playoffs. And I was at home sitting on the couch, watching the Braves beat the Dodgers. And we had a knock on the door. And it was Zach and his two boys. Zach had to come talk to Micah, and the boys followed along. And you know what they did? I don't think they really cared much about the Braves. But they both came in and sat on the couch with me and watched it. They didn't change the channel on me. They didn't stand up between me and the TV and wave a flag so that I couldn't see the TV. They didn't do a prairie chicken dance to distract me from watching it. And I don't understand why kids that age can come in and get it and adult Christians that should know better will come to a church service and do those exact things. And you've heard us talk about the services at Council Bluffs. And I'll guarantee you, those people that were very distractive were not from Pastor Hank's church. They were guests. And and see, at our house, when our family's there, we can be pretty rowdy. And we can have lots of fun. And we'll do some crazy stuff. But when we go to somebody else's house, we try to behave ourselves. Maybe not to Zach's, because, I mean, they're used to us. Anyway, but, but I expect people that come into my house to behave themselves and just be aware of how they behave. They're different. Your household's different than mine, the way you expect to behave. And it's no different in the church. When you come into the house of God, we should act respectful and mannerly. And you know why this is important? It's because... I want God to move, and you want God to move. And if we aren't behaving in God's house, it would disgust me like if they would have come in and changed the channels when I watched baseball. It would have 
probably ticked me off and I would have either sent them out or I'd have left. And yet we sit at church and we just let anybody do anything they want. And I, I was listening to Pastor Hank and he was talking about they've had a problem in their church of people that come in that don't attend that church regularly and they come in and they will pull people aside and they'll pray for them for healing. You understand this, wolves come to you. Wolves come to you and you just don't let anybody do that. That's out of order. That's unmannerly in the house of God. And we're... You know, the one thing we have to understand, cultures change, times change, and we're not in the 1980s charismatic revival anymore. And so when we have guests in the house, we need to treat them like guests in the house and not do things that are going to freak them out and scare them away. That doesn't mean we don't invite the Spirit of God, but if we're all in unity and not just everybody doing their own thing, then it's okay. It's about his kingdom. And if you don't know how to act, just follow who's ever leading. I do not understand a person coming into a service when there's a worse anointed worship team and banging a tambourine that isn't even in beat and not understanding. And so you've gotten my rant for today. We need to learn how to behave ourselves. We need to be mannerly and ethical. The thing is thing is with the people coming in to like Hank, Pastor Hank's church and praying for people, that's not ethical. We need to understand ethics and we need to understand manners and we need to be in order because then God can move. When there's peace in the house, then God can move and that's what we want to do. So that is my message. for That's my mama message to everybody. And I don't think that I'm not getting on you. I'm just saying we need to be aware of this before the things of God really start to move. So we understand what's God and what isn't. And, and so that's, that's very important. So we are going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I forgot to mention, we believe that, um, Dr. Merritt had come and said she would come just for nothing. But we think she needs to be blessed and have an honorarium. So we talked to the McNallys. And for this time, because we have the bookkeeping system to do it, we're going to give her an honorarium out of the church. And so if you would like to help with that, you can just put on your envelope, Dr. Merritt. You can do it this week or next week. If you don't, that's fine too. But we believe that a workman is worthy of their hire. So just be aware of that. And thank you for... You're giving.
I want you to know, and Micah, this includes you, how proud I am of you. He came home from the gym the other night with that second song. He says, you got to hear it, got to hear it. God, he was singing it in the shower and the whole thing. Well, he contacted Abe, and Abe got that song done this week, and we sang it. And that's that's talking about being current. What the Spirit of God is is giving the body of Christ songs like that. So I want you to know I'm proud of you. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Um, I want you to look at Psalm 89, and, and uh, I kind of get on Kathy's case, although she gets on my case more than I get on hers, <laughs> which I guess that's the way it's supposed to be, huh, men? She gets on a rant with me during the week. I just look at her and say, well, you better say that on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, make notes, take notes, write it down. And, and uh, because she is a legitimate gift. And, and the thing is, you know, you need to put a poll on her gift. And, and uh, so you're going to probably be more hearing more. So I told her, you can have all the time you want. I'll just shorten my message. Amen. Amen. So uh, it is so important. I think of all the things through the years as a minister. That has bothered us the most. Is other ministers. Now, let me say that. So I'm just said that to get your attention. I know I'm getting there. Of all the years I've been a minister. It's not been the, 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 the sheep. It's been the other ministers operating unethically. What do you mean by that? I mean, I'll give you an example. Years and years ago, as we were struggling with our worship team, we didn't have a lot, and we were in between, and we had a, a young man that was, that was helping with the worship. And a minister from another church, as soon as our service was over, went right up and just did this to him. Basically. And pretty soon that young man was gone to that man's church. That's not ethical. That's a good example. And we've got to operate, and I'll be honest, this city doesn't have that. The ministers aren't really working together. Years ago when I was, now I'm just talk, speaking off the cuff here, but years ago when I was a young minister, I made an attempt to get involved with the ministerial association. I was young, and uh, quite frankly, they probably looked at me and thought, who's this guy? <laughs> and the most, most I got from another Pentecostal church in town was, how many is your church running? Every time we come together, we go to coffee. How many is in your church now, I was young, and, and um, I've, I'm very bold and blunt, but I always will um, defer, especially to legitimate gifts. I believe in that. We need to let the gifts operate. But I noticed there really wasn't a genuine move of God with the ministers. Usually it was, who wants to be the head of the ministerial association? <laughs> I don't give a rat's rump. <laughs> and so I just step back and all these years I've never been involved with that I'm not going to put up with that 
It's not about that. But I believe God wants to do some things with ministers. I met a minister in a Lutheran minister when we were handing food out for Orphan Grain Train. When was that? A year ago? And we'd go every noon and hand out sack lunches in this ministry. He's a Lutheran, but I liked him. I mean, he was, I could tell he knew what flavor I was. <laughs> you know, tongue talkers make the Lutherans just a little bit nervous. Especially the Baptists. And so, but I'll tell you what, I, there's, there's ministers out there le- that are legitimately called and ordained of God to be in, in their minis- the church here in, in Norfolk. There's good men and women of God. Don't get me wrong. But we're going to have to see and we're going to have to pray that God will do a move in the hearts of the ministers. You want convention of states? You want patriots united to go? It's gotta, it, it has to start spiritually in a community. And so, Father, right now, I see I'm going to talk, but we're going to pray. Just get in agreement because I just sense this is what the Spirit of God wants to do. There's the anointing. My, my, my. Holy Spirit, we pray. We pray today that you'll do a miracle. Only you can soften the hearts of men and women. It's not about how many we're running in our churches and our programs and our denominations. It's about kingdom. And so, Lord, I know there are men and women out there in this city, legitimate gifts to the body of Christ and northeast Nebraska. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing a work in all of our hearts, uniting us by the Spirit of God. So, Lord, we pray today that you'll soften every leader's heart that their spiritual eyes be open, there be a desire for unity. It's not about individual kingdoms. It's about your kingdom, Father. So, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving and uniting the hearts of the spiritual leaders of this community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boy, I, I just sense that. I just, I just desire that. And I know, Blanks, you're right with us. You get it. Some people get it, and some people don't get it. I get it, and I believe you get it. That's what it's all about. Did I tell you to turn to Psalm 89 and verse 11, and we're going to finish this series on shout. Boy, when I, there's an anointing for my goodness. It says, the heavens are yours, verse 11, the earth also is yours, the world in all its fullness, you have founded them, the north, the south, you've created them, Tabor and Hermon rejoice in your name, you have a mighty arm, strong is your hand and high is your right hand. See, that's how, that's what we needed to declare, amen? When we sang it this morning, that's what we need to declare. Strong is your hand and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Now, this is what I want you to see. Blessed are the people. Say, blessed are the people. Who know the joyful sound. And we translate that in the Hebrew. That's a shout. A 
the joyful sound, the joyful shout. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. How many of you want to walk in the light of the Father's countenance? Then you have to know and discern like the tribe of Ishakar had understanding of the times to know what they should do. It's no different today. We should have understanding and, and revelation and discernment in knowing what's happening. And I've told you and I just believe God that in the days ahead you're going to understand why we've been talking about shout. But see, you don't wait for what you're believing to manifest. You shout before it even it materializes in, in the natural. Because you get saved by faith, you get filled with the Holy Ghost by faith, you get healed by faith, you receive miracles by faith. You go through the New Testament, Jesus did a lot of miracles with people because of their faith. So you've got to, you know, that's why I said earlier, we're in the season of the shout. We, you look out there and it looks grim and, and, and dark and gloomy and you just think, oh my goodness. And, and one prophet warned, he says, don't get discouraged in November. That's why you have to be focused and your eyes need to be on Jesus. Oh, we sang that, you know, you will do what you say. You, amen? And he has said it. That's why cat car and people like that are talking about eating cake and celebrating. It's all faith. It's faith. They had, they had to put their feet in the Jordan, the swollen Jordan River. The priests. Amen. They were bearing the Ark of the Covenant. And they did it by faith. How'd you, you know, like flood season a couple years ago. Come out and do that. Amen. Some did. <laughs> But it's by faith. We sing and declare things by faith. We pray by faith on Wednesday night when we pray and we speak and declare. It's by faith. Everything We walk by faith and not by sight. Say that. We walk by faith and not by sight. You can't walk according to what you see and what you hear. That's why you've got to pull away from the news and these things. All these negative reports that just want to bring you down and discourage you. It's all by faith. So they had to shout by faith. And and so I want you to understand, and I believe you're getting it. Abe, do you think they're getting it? I believe they are. Amen? Now, when Ellen runs around the, the around here, then we'll know there's a God move on. You never know what people do. Think the people you think that are always so loud and boisterous, the ones that you, my God, look at that. She's gotten up and said things and done things. And I'm going because I just live with her, you know, and I know what she's like. We got to do it by faith. We need to continue in the days ahead to shout by faith. Amen. Now, we said the word great shout in the Hebrew means a shout of joy, a clamor, a blast of trumpets, the sounding of an alarm. And every time there was usually shouting in the, in the, in the Old Testament, it, trumpets were involved with it. 
And so you see that word come up with this definition. It's a cry of jubilee, a victory shout. This Hebrew word is derived from the root verb, R-U-L-A. It means to cry out and shout, whether in alarm or for joy. And this, this Hebrew word is an ear-piercing, great noise, a sound that cannot be ignored. Just like when they do the tornado sirens. You hear, isn't that, you hear those and you know it's Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. But you know if they screw up and it's Wednesday or Thursday and they're doing it, and the sky's clear, you're going, what's coming? <laughs> you know, you hear it. It affects you. I don't care. You hear a siren, and I've noticed how many times I hear sirens in this city. It's unbelievable, even in the course of one day, but it gets your attention. This is what I'm talking about. This is that kind of shout. We gave you examples in Ezra. It says, then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Then we saw it in 1 Samuel 4. It says in verse 5, And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. I just, that's unbelievable. Amen? Then in Samuel, Second Samuel 6, it says, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. Then in Joshua, chapter 6, 20, it says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat. Amen? Now, you, you go on, and you, I'm not going to have you turn there for the sake of time, but in Joshua 6, 16, he says, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And in the natural, you think, my goodness. And you look, and you, you, the, the, I looked up in some books, and the archaeologists, archaeologists that, that dug around those walls, those walls were wide. Unbelievable. To think that they fell down flat. But see, they had to shout with a great shout. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. And you know, I've been thinking about that. In fact, when I, it's, it's a weird thing. But when I leave the church, many times the Spirit of God speaks to me before I even get to the stop sign. And why he can't do it while I'm sitting here trying to be quiet and listening. I don't, I don't understand. But he said, this came up in my spirit. Shout for the Lord has, God, for the Lord has given you the city. The Lord has given us the city. You know, not just this church. And I, I'm, I'm not a... Ex, this is an exclusive group of the body of Christ. We're important. Ever, there's other parts of the body out there that are important too. But there's something about the city. And in, ever since we've pastored, and, and even early on, it's always been in, thinking about the city, affecting the city. Every church should affect a city. I'll tell you, Mike Plain Church, when he was in Harlan, Harlan, Iowa, had such a profound effect on their city. It's a smaller community, but they did some wonderful things. Their, their uh, police department didn't have enough equipment, and so the church bought them equipment. That's pretty cool. You know, that's, a, that's affecting your city. And so, you know, that's why I am honored that we can open our door to, for a group of people to meet. Every week, 
It's, it's not so much we're doing it. There's other people God raising up to do these things. But we're a part of it. We all have a part to play. We all need to get involved. And I expect you to be there on Tuesday night. Now, realize with jobs, not everybody can. But you need to get, if you're not signed up, you better get signed up. It's part of what we're called to do in the city. For the Lord has given us the city. Shout for the Lord has given you the city. That was... Okay, let's do it together. Stand up. Can you imagine if we had a hundred bobbies in this church? The ground would shake. And the walls. Yeah, well, we need new walls anyway. Shout for the Lord has given us the city. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you can sit down. That's better. You even drowned out Bobby. That was pretty good, wasn't it? There's authority in that. You said, we don't always have to be loud. No, we don't. But there are seasons. You, It's vital that you shout. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do we shout? It's an obedience to a command. Israel's obedience to march and shout in faith, we had it up there, resulted in a miracle. Then it's also important, and this ties in with what Kathy shared, there's a time to shout, then there's a time to shut up. Do you remember when they went around that city every day, what were they supposed to do? Shout? Be silent. So it's important that leaders, you know, can discern when to be quiet and when to shout. That's why you got to pray for your pastors. Amen. So we shout because it's an obedience to a command. We shout because of God's protection. Psalms 511, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you make a covering over them and defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be in high spirits. So why should you and I shout? Because we have the Lord God, our protector. Amen. That's something to shout. Then this ties in with it. We shout because we're exalted above our enemies. Psalm 27 says, And now my head shall be lifted up in honor above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer joyous shouts in his tabernacle. See, why do we shout? Because God is going to exalt us above our enemies. And this is, you watch in the days ahead. You just, if you watch any news, I do watch about 20 minutes of Hannity every night. I don't watch it all. But I get the beginning just to know what's going on. There's things happening, folks. The media is not reporting it. There's things, good things happening. God is going to exalt us above our enemies. Amen. Deep states going real deep. Amen. And I could go farther with that, but I won't. Because I want you to think, you know, I'm a good guy, right? Here's what the Message Bible says. God holds holds me head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Then why do we shout? Because it's a time of triumph. Look at Psalm 47. Psalm 47. 
There's, a, there's so much in the first five verses. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to, the, to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. So we shout to God because He's the God who will cause us to triumph in every situation. We shout to God because He is what? Awesome. Say, my God is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. That's the kind of stuff we need to declare. That's the things we need to sing. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. So we have a spiritual inheritance, do we not? We're the seed of Abraham. Amen. We're blessed because of Jesus Christ. Then it says in verse 5, God himself has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. He went up with a shout and he's coming back with a shout. I believe that. Amen. Now, um, there's three kinds of shouting and this is, I didn't get into this and we'll, we'll get with this and then we'll end. There's three kinds of shouting. Number one, there's a shout of war. There's a shout of war. And in Exodus, Exodus 32 and verse 17, without you turning there, do you remember when Joshua and Moses were coming down from the mountain with the tablets and they heard this what? In the camp. Shouting. And they got down there and Joshua goes, they're shouting. And I think he was inferring, Moses, there's war or something. He says, no, that's not the kind of shouting I'm listening to. This is the shouting of celebration and singing. It's the wrong kind at the wrong time. And uh, it says... Well, this is what he said. He said, there's a noise of war in the camp, but he said, it is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4. So there's a shout of war. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And you know this scripture. It says in verse 13, it says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a what? For the Lord Jesus Christ will give a great shout with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. See, there's the trumpet. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are all alive and shall remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. See, and in, in, in the New Testaments, when they'd shout and the, the trumpets would really sound, it heralded the, uh, the arrival of, of other kings, okay? And so it's not going to be any different when our king comes back. There's going to be a tremendous shout. Amen. Praise God. Um. One translation says, the Lord shall descend himself, descend himself with the shout of war, the shout used in battle. Then there's a, a second kind that the, the Jews recognized, and it was nuptial shout. And let me tell you this, how many have ever been to a wedding in Nebraska? Okay, let's say it this way. How many have been to a, a wedding of unbelievers in Nebraska? 
flat center. Amen. Today, if you've ever gone to a wedding where there's some festivities, <laughs> there's some shouting, isn't there? There's some, you know, dancing on the table. She, she grew up in Monroe in the tavern, and she always told a story about the guy that owned the bar would get up on the pool table and dance, big guy. He didn't have a driver's license. They took it away from him, so he drove his mower throughout the town. <laughs> but he'd get up on there and dance on the pool table, and his britches fell down. You know, no wonder she's scarred. She's looking out the window with all the bikers getting beat up and the whole thing, you know, and you just loved the fight, didn't you? So, you know, in Nebraska, you have that kind of a wedding shout. It's a happy, joyful shouting, and it occurred during weddings. In Isaiah 62, verse 5, as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you at, at his coming to redeem his bride, the church, and to proclaim the wedding feast of the Lamb. Christ will give a nuptial shout of joy. So, you have a shout of war, you have a nuptial shout. And I, I left this one uh, for last. And I'll read you the scripture, and it's from Jeremiah 25, verse 30. And this is the vintage shout. And, I, and this, is, this really stirs my heart, the vintage shout. The shout that occurs during the time of harvest. And most of the time when the Jews were harvesting, they were usually fighting their enemies. And so it would be very difficult to get a harvest in. And so, in fact, you remember, I, I won't have you turn there. How many of you remember Gideon? Where was Gideon, Gideon threshing the wheat? Do you remember? He was below ground in the wine press, hiding from the enemy. So when the Jews could get a harvest, there'd be, it'd be a great time for celebration and rejoicing and shouting. And so that's what happened, you know, many times. But when they were able to bring in a crop, they'd be very, very happy. And I'm telling you this, I believe this is prophetic. In the days ahead, we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of shouting because of the harvest of souls that are coming into the kingdom of God. There are going to be men and women, young people, old people, being born again. And, and it's my heart to see this church open our doors to those people. This church, nobody's better than anybody else. And I have to remind you that I will. Amen? And so we have to have that attitude where we, we, we welcome people and no matter their background, their culture, and the color of their skin and you know how they dress, give them time to clean up. Did you hear me? Don't judge them. Give them time. And you know, it's going to be kind of an awkward thing. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an awkward thing because you're getting all these things in and there's disruptions and there's all kinds of people. They don't know protocol. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to sing. They don't know why we do this. And that's why it's so important in the days ahead we communicate effectively. And we've been talking about this before the beginning of a service, how we can communicate. Why do we do the things we do? So people aren't weirded out. Now, I'll welcome anybody in this church. But if you're carrying a tambourine, 
Oh, you got them? <laughs> I have nothing against tambourines. I'm just saying, if you're coming from another church to this church and thinking just walk in and shake your tambourine, it isn't going to happen. Lean, yeah, yeah. Especially the green ones. Do you remember that song? You remember that song, Mike? Green tambourine? Some of you don't. <laughs> it's a good song. Off, I get off on that. That's, we're scarred. That woman there, I should call Pastor Hang and tell him there is a woman there that's just really affected this church. And it's his fault. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like somebody brings, pulls a tambourine out. They're all going to be, you're all going to jump on them. <laughs> I feel sorry for the individual that's going to have a tambourine. Psalm 120, I'm almost done. Psalms 126, verse 5, it says, Those who sow in tears, this ties in with the vintage, the, har- the shout of harvest, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. And I was thinking, and some of you don't know this. Remember that song? Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Da, 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 da. Bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the cheese. Is that how? Yeah, that's a good way to remember it. But there, but there is going to be a lot of rejoicing in the days ahead. And a lot of shouting because of the harvest. In um, Message Bible says, and now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest so that those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessings. I like that. So a lot of us here for many years have plowed. A lot of years we've sowed seeds. We've dealt with everything you could, just like a farmer in the natural. But I'm telling you, there's harvest coming. I sense it in my heart. And I'm, we, we need harvest workers here. Harvest hands. Everyone say harvest hands. Say, I have harvest hands. So we're going to need you to, to, to get involved and roll up your sleeves and do things. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving you that ahead of time. Look at, um, I'm going to read and we're going to close with this. So there's different kinds of shouts, but there's, there's another one. And I like this, and it's a shout of grace. Say, shout of grace. And I want to close, and I'm going to read this to you because it's, it's very fitting. It's from Zechariah chapter 4. You know the scripture about speaking what to the mountain? Grace! Grace to the mountains. How many got mountains in your lives? Then you got to stand and you got to speak God's grace. It's His ability. It's His presence. It's His glory that's going to remove those mountains. And she says this in, in her book. It's called Mountains Removed. And, and uh, she quotes the scripture. Who art you, O gray mount, great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. He says, mountains in Scripture are often metaphorically used to speak of the obstacles we face in life. Jesus taught us to speak to mountains. Amen? 
are the obstacles of life as an act of faith that we know God is going to make a way for us to overcome. We see this further where Scripture says that mountains melt like wax at the Lord's presence. In other words, His power causes obstacles to fall. We also see in Jeremiah 51.25 in reference to Babylon's judgment that God declares He is against the destroying mountain. I say deep states, a mountain. The point is that God is working alongside your life to remove the obstacles against you. And this happens by our speaking to them, our shouting to them. According to this verse above, we can look at these mountains and declare grace to them. Our job is to speak to the mountain and God will see that it's moved out of our way. Okay, so let's stand up this morning. I just like the prophetic word. This this is one of the best books. And I if you don't like one day, just move and find one you want. There are plenty in here. Some days you'll open it if you're going, you know, day by day, but other times there's others in this book that is just so good. But this is the declaration. Today we speak to obstacles, mountains, and hindrances and command them to be removed in Jesus' name. We declare that nothing can stand in the way of answers to miracles, prayer, and breakthroughs. We prophesy to the destroying mountains and say, the Lord is against you. Say that. The Lord is against you. We command the high places and strongholds of the enemy to come down from around all that concerns you. We say they shall be entirely moved out of your way, never to be resurrected again. We say every mountain that stands against you shall be brought low and become a plain. And you will not continue to circle the same old mountain and obstacles again. Mountains shall melt like wax at the presence of the Lord that is upon you. We declare you're going over and not going under, for the mountains have been removed. Say this with me. I declare... I'm going over and not going under for the mountains in my life shall be removed by my God. Now shout, hallelujah, amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone here today you need prayer for your physical body? I want to pray. I want to. Come against something specifically. Anyone here today? My oldest has been dealing with, he's been out of commission for a week. And, and I think some of us will, will admit there are people in, in our family or around that have been um, attacked by COVID. So I'm going to address this, this virus. I want to speak to it. That's a mountain. You got people at work right now. Okay? So there are people, and we're going to address that. Are you are you here for that or something else? Okay, something else. God God's big God. What's that? Okay, what's Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this Father stands in the gap for his daughter. I rebuke infirmity 
over this household. I bind it up. I lose healing, health, and strength, resurrection power to touch her body. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for full recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, are you here for something? Or are you... A third of the staff. How many of you know COVID? Anybody affected by COVID? Family? Okay, some of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you've given us authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All sickness and disease is under our feet. We bind that demonic spirit and virus called COVID in Jesus' name. You are bound and healing is loosed upon every member of this church, our families, our co-workers. We command that virus to die and go. We give it no place for you sent your word to heal and to deliver Everyone from that virus in Jesus' name. And we thank you for full, supernatural, quick recovery. We command the mountain called COVID to be flattened in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. And we give you shouts of joy in advance in Jesus' name. COVID? Okay. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, God's good. Every time you come to church, for any reason, come with expectancy. Amen. And come with uh, an attitude that you're, you're going to worship our God and our Creator and, and, and let the Holy Spirit move in our midst. Amen. Anything else? Wednesday night, we do have prayer. Amen? God bless you. Don't forget, Tuesday night. Amen.